pleasure to be here. And we have a very, a very, very special guest joining us on the program today. Um, a member of the historic, the legendary pirate ship. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We have our own little pirate ship over here. It's the same kind of I vibes. Admire it. Um, Chris Whittingham, fancy lad Whittingham on the witty on the show today. First of all, Whittingham, yo, Chris, thank you so much for making time to hop on the program today, man. Um, I, I've, I've tweeted this. I've put it on record. I've said it in the Levitard uh, Reddit community. Oh, wow. You're, you're, you're one of the members of oh, the Reddit community? I'm oh, my the, goodness. Yeah, man. They're, they're, I, I need some reconnaissance on the Reddit community. <laughs> I, need, I need some help. It's, it's, I would say it's like 60-40 good and bad. And there are a lot of, <laughs> yeah. a lot of toxic yeah. in there. I uh, stopped, I've stopped reading it. Yeah, you I've probably, stopped reading it. Yeah, we had a I've, I am like uh, I've taken the Nick Saban approach to feedback, where it's like it's all rat poison. If it's yeah. good, it's rat poison. If it's bad, it's rat poison. Like I'm like not not quite like block out the haters a bit much, but like but like just like I I don't I don't like to read feedback anymore just because not because I don't like it, but because it affects the way that I view things. And I'd like trust my judgment enough just to know, all right, I felt like in the room, like this was good or we enjoyed this or like this is us achieving the aims of the show. I'm not like necessarily going to respond to, you know, even if it's 20 right. really yeah. and like it's super passionate fans of the show. Yeah. But like, you guys have a you, different but like, but, but there's like, I've seen the numbers. There are hundreds of thousands of yeah. people that listen to our show. And so these very loud voices cannot dictate what everyone thinks about it you know what i mean yeah and we we like we, we were speaking with a um, sports psychologist earlier and this is exactly what we were oh you got that about. pitch too yeah, 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 yeah we, we, awesome. we got he's that awesome. pitch too it seemed cool yeah, yeah. he's awesome and like we were talking about just you know what i'm saying getting the negativity out of there but yeah like like i was saying just about like what the, the levitard show is is like the greatest sports radio show nobody's done it better than levitard has so <laughs> um let, let's start you off uh, we have we do a couple of our um you know what i'm saying our appetizers it's yeah. the lamp line, um, as we say. So I'm um, just starting off, man, because obviously you're, you're huge in, in the sports, inner Miami, um, stuff you do is um, spectacular. Uh, but going back to your, your childhood, what was like your, your youngest and your hmm. earliest sports memories? The first hmm. the first memory that you can remember just being like, what's this, what's this game going on? Yeah. Man? So. 1999 season, which is which is the earliest that I can remember. And the first game I remember being hyped super excited for the Dolphins away at the Jacksonville Jaguars in the playoffs. The Dolphins ended up losing that game 62 to seven. Okay. It was the last game (laughs) of the Dan Marino era. And I was like a huge Dan Marino fan, but I didn't really actually get to experience any of him being good. And that was the beginning of a, frankly, a lifetime of the Miami Dolphins not being good. And, but like, but in some ways, like you're a Miami sports fan. And so, I'm like I'm sticking with it. Like I'm not uh, I'm not leaving. Like this so, is like I'm like in the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. I'm not leaving. And so. uh, and so you know and then you know he like the the Heat got really good. I started going to their games uh, a couple of years before they drafted Dwayne Wade, and then you know Dwayne Wade takes off. And like my dad's a huge sports fan, family of sports fans. I'm Hispanic as well, so you kind of become a soccer fan in that as well. But yeah, I remember that '99 Dolphin season is like the first time I was like I'm really into this. So you want to? We can trauma bond real quick. Just oh, a real quick sure. trauma bond right now. <laughs> Love a trauma bond. So 99, 98-99 is probably about the same time I'm conscious enough to really start rooting for my team. I'm a Jets fan. Okay. Yes. So yeah. Well. Yeah, okay. okay. So we've, we've lived a similarly tortured existence. Vinny then. Testaverde tears his Achilles that season. Um, that's the season the Jets were primed after they just lost to Elway in the AFC Championship. They, mm-hmm. they that was the Super Bowl favorite. 
they tear he tears his Achilles in 99 and it's been downhill ever since. I don't have the same joy stories that you get from the Dwayne Wade drafting and everything. Yeah. It's just literally been pretty downhill. Nice, it's been downhill mm-hmm. as a as a New York sports fan since yeah. I'm Jets, Mets, Knicks. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that's there's like two categories, right? It's like Giants, Yankees, yep. Jets, Mets, right? So you're of the Jets, Mets variety then. Exactly. I feel like the the, the Mets have been not terrible for some of that. Yeah, like they're, 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 I mean, we, we have Chad, 2000, <laughs> 2006, 2005, yeah. good. and then from 2006 we didn't make the playoffs till we went to the World Series. I mean, but yeah. Before, hold on. Before, before we get that on, because we we could do more trauma bonding. Because, <laughs> um, Raz, because I mean, Raz, like you, you are also a Jets fan, so I think you guys both shared that collective sigh of relief when Tom Brady finally announced oh. that he was done. Like, thank God it's over. Thank what he said. God. Yeah, um, I mean, I, it was funny because, like, on our show, it was like you know this celebration of Tom Brady and like. You know, and what, how, remember, you three Hall of Fame careers, and is what he did in Tampa, like, yeah, as really, impressive as what really. he did. And, like, I felt like I had to be like a fan there and be like, when I approach the playoffs and I see Tom Brady on the field, I have a visceral reaction of, like, get this guy out of my life. <laughs> yeah. And I felt like that had to be represented in, the, in a conversation about Tom Brady because, like, in some ways, it's a glowing tribute to the man. And, like, yeah. there was, like, some Patriots fans that, like, tweeted me, oh, it's because you were jealous. Yeah, I was jealous. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What, the, yeah. what is wrong I, with you? Right. Like, <laughs> like you, you, want me, you want me to like this person that has beaten my team over and over? No, I don't like him. We're gone. Never will. And, like, I'm so, so, like, relieved. And yeah. Like, I haven't built that same antipathy for, like, Mahomes or any of the guys that – But not, not yet. But like jo- Josh Allen is on his yeah, way. He's there. Josh Allen <laughs> rips the Dolphins apart. And the weirdest thing about Josh Allen is that I still don't trust it. Like I, honestly, it didn't take is until it hate, is it, it hate that you don't trust it? No, it just... no. It's like I think it's it's being entrenched on a take. Okay. And so like I was like so entrenched on like he was an inaccurate quarterback that it didn't make any sense that the Bills you took him Dan, that high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We, I was entrenched on that one too. And so like I I just. For whatever reason, my brain can flip like, oh, I trust that this guy's going to be good every week. He's obviously incredible. And I honestly think that like this game against the Chiefs where they go toe to toe and the craziness at the end, like now I'm going to next season thinking like, oh, shit, like Josh Allen's going to run this division for the next 15 years. Yeah, it's it's looking that way. Yeah. To to like, you know, to continue with our hate for Brady on the (laughs) on his way out, he still came to MetLife and beat us on a yeah. game winning drive. So it's just like I think I think yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Dolphins, the Dolphins played in this year it was just like a hammering. It was just like just we like, weren't even near them in that game. We were up, he came back and yeah. took it like just in Tom in Brady fashion. Brady fashion. Yeah. So it's just like cool, like, yes, he's the great one, whatever, but I don't need to see him ever no. again. And Josh Allen is we haven't had any close games with Josh Allen yet. So I'm getting to the point where like yeah. we're, we're the Jets obviously are just outmatched by everybody mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. But Josh Allen, he concerns it concerns me. It yeah. me. Well, the Dolphins the last two seasons have had big games against Buffalo at the end of the season and have gotten absolutely smashed by them in both of them. So, yeah, Josh Allen is on his way and you have to trust it now. And now he's like you go into next season like this is the conference of Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow and Allen. And like probably Mahomes and, and Allen are that level above just because of although I mean Burrow's about to be in the Super Bowl. Like yes. I think like in some ways, like you have to think of it as like, all right, with a pretty I don't want to say average, but like a, a flawed team in yeah. Cincinnati, like this dude's getting in the Super Bowl. And now like you're you're at every other team in the AFC is looking at the four of them and going, 
how are we going to catch the Chargers? How are we going to catch the Bengals? How are we going to catch? I mean, the, the Chiefs have been the uncatchable ones, that's the, right? That's exactly. The yeah. Aren't even good yeah. Yet. But I mean, you know, what they have a quarterback is special. So the Bengals have like fifty million dollars in cap space this year too, and like that's kind of the craziest part. Yeah. Um, to, to double back a little bit, um, to talk about uh, Levitar's show and everything. So I mean, Raz, I'm because we we're both um fans of the show, and we we started up our, our own little podcast thing. And it's been growing. But I don't know if you saw us go viral yesterday. They stole they stole our video. My question, I think it was no tags. Did Jamar, what? Did, um, did Jamar Chase question about Des Bryant? Oh, my question. No, yeah. Nobody tagged me. I'm like, wow. Unbelievable. I'm like, I'm like that's really wrong. Neither here nor there. I just had to get up. <laughs> but yeah, right. I mean, we like I said, we 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 started up this, this show, and I think what do you, what do you, for you at least, um, getting familiar with your character, and I think you. Played a pretty great part because we're we don't take anything serious here. Like I like yeah. in life in general, I don't yeah. take I don't take much serious. Um, but like when it comes to like you know analysis and things of that nature, you you reside in a pretty interesting place to where, like you could be the straight narrow guy to where it's just like you know you bring the hard hit analysis. You know you're you're you, like Dan would say you know your stuff and all that stuff. Polished pro, um, professional broadcaster, all that stuff. But you still are always here for the jokes. Um, so I mean, Raz, my, my question to you, because like I said, we're both huge fans of the show. When did you start listening to the show? Um, you grew up in, in Miami, obviously. Yeah. So it's just like I know like I, I I came to the show a little late, but like what mm-hmm. was you, what were your first interactions with the show? How did you link up with Levitard and how did that yeah. come about for you? So I first listened to the show, I was in high school and I remember um they used to have Terrell Owens on every week and he made like national news on the show. And so I saw on the screen, like, you know, Levitard show from Miami. And I like, I'd read Dan in the newspaper before. It's like, wait a second, is a show like, and you know, I wasn't like 15 years old. Like you don't listen to AM radio when you're 15 years old, (laughs) but right. I was was not far away. And so I like, I flipped it on. You know, what's funny. I actually used to listen to the competitor fairly regularly because like 560 was like the, the giant in Miami at the time. And then I started listening to it and like I just became hooked and I became like a high schooler listening to AM radio all the time. And I used to be actually like a regular. It's funny because now it's Reddit, it's Twitter, it's all that stuff. My thing, I used to email. They had like a show email. (laughs) I used to send them email all the time. And like one time I shot my shot, frankly, and I asked, like, hey, you ever need an intern? Let me know. And I was like 19 years old and I started interning on the show. And so that was like my entry into the sports media and then from there, I kind of worked my way up and and uh, and actually like so I only ever interned for the show until they left ESPN and they became an independent entity. And I kind of helped them with the tra- with the transition yeah. from being Are an you ESPN in the background show. All the time? What's that? You were helping them in the background? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. No, before. no, I wasn't on the air until probably like late January, but I started kind of working with them in mid to late December when it was kind of clear what they were going to do which has obviously become an independent podcast company is what we are now. And like, basically I needed to make sure that the lights were still on when ESPN handed them the feed, like the feeds of the show. So like we got to keep all the subscribers and listeners and like the experience did not change at all from one day to the next. We had to make sure that was the case. And so it was, uh, it was like a stressful 48 hours of like, is this thing going to work? And it did, thankfully. So for me, I, I used to, I was an intern for Sirius Radio. Um, I did ad sales marketing for them. So a lot of lead generation stuff and trying to pick up who the competitors were advertising with. And I stumbled across uh, Levitar's show. This had to be my junior year of college. So junior year, senior year of college, around 2014-ish, somewhere around there. 
and I've been hooked ever since. And they've gotten me through so many days of like work, <laughs> like just, you know, and sometimes you don't catch every episode live, but the podcast feed is what, yeah. what pushes me through some of those early mornings. So um, it's been hard, you know, with the pandemic, we kind of fell off trying to listen just because I was at home wallowing in myself. Yeah. Shame. yeah. yeah. So I- I'll say, you know, when I pick back up during the pandemic, you guys got us through a lot of that stuff too. So, I mean, I've, I will say like the show is kind of one of my driving forces to doing this. It, it's, oh, it's, you know, it's like really cool to hear. Yeah. It's definitely one of, one of the top ones. Like it's, there's few, you know, I like to give people their flowers, but like you guys have like birthed a new generation of sports analysts, sports reporters, and kind of just how we view things because a lot of the stuff we hear, you know, especially being in New York, New York talk radio is chaotic, you know, and yeah. it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot of venom, yeah. uh, visceral reactions to mm-hmm. what's going on. And you guys take the human approach. You know, we get to yeah. see some of the human stuff out of it and, and everything isn't so serious. And I'm happy that we can joke and laugh about some of this sports stuff because through the pain of being tormented sports fans, because f- fans are fanatics. You have to sometimes to keep us going and not go crazy with some of the stuff that we deal with from external forces and just sports. We have to keep it light, and that's what you guys do best while still yeah. bringing us back to the what it is. It's sports. It's a game. And what you're talking about in terms of like the the like the way that the show influences people to approach sports in a different way, like actually happened in Miami, like 10, 12 years ago. And like the big three heat was a major catalyst, but I mean, obviously the show had huge influence even before that. Actually, the starting point on that was the 2007 Miami Dolphins that went one in 15 (laughs) and they would just make fun of them for three hours every day, like a bunch of parody songs and all that stuff. And like, it was the first time that I kind of realized, oh, like this is a completely different experience. And so that like, if you listen to Miami sports radio now, you don't really hear any of what you're talking about in New York. In some ways, show after show after show, the producers and the people who were around the show and went after and went before, like it's like a it's like a orbiting force. Like it is like the the yeah. guiding force behind so much of what South Florida Sports Radio is now. And so like that approach of like, and it's really the the way I describe it is like fun centric, where it's like, yes, we will talk about it in a serious way sometimes, but through the prism of having enjoyed the thing that we're talking about, yeah. right? Which is the game, which is, you know, there's funny things that happen within the game. And so it's a fun centric view of things. And so like, sometimes you walk into a place like where we are right now in radio row and hear like very serious banging the table debate. And like, you like, it's so, it's so weird to then after having listened to the Levitard show, you then listen, you hear that and you go, like, you can just have fun with this. Yeah. Like you don't have to take this so, so seriously. And so like that happened like in a, in a cultural, and I almost kind of wonder like how my career, my work would be different had I not experienced that as young of an age as I did, because it's influenced everything that I've done since. Whereas I think if I had carried on in that very serious first approach, like I probably would, I wouldn't be here. Like I wouldn't be talking to you guys. Like it was very much like that style that allowed me to kind of do do it and approach it in a different way. Yeah, you can you can find you can find the analysis in the you know that type of media anywhere. Like, like, I don't, I don't know how many tables there's hundreds of tables. in radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're looking for that, you can find that. Right. But like at the end of the day, it's always about entertainment and the mm-hmm. true shows that really entertain you. And yeah, the bond that's built between um, just the Levitar community. It's a, it's a special thing. Um, now I wanted to, I wanted to ask you on this because going, going back to the show again, um, I did, I need a Stugat story <laughs> with you because I've, I've mentioned this before. One of 
Spark, one of our friends, um, friend of the show, we I could he's our Stuvats because he's just like a he's a rotten personality. You know what I'm saying? And he's anybody, actually, he's actually banned from the show right now. The show really? Right now. It's been like wow. a couple months. Horrible we had to take. give him an embargo. It was a bad take. We're not gonna talk about what that. What was the take? He uh put uh was it uh Joe Harris or Karis Levert's uh no, jersey? He the- said he said Karis Levert needs um is gonna have his jersey retired at Barclays. He's a Nets fan. Yeah, we just shadow banned him after that take. What are we doing? But but yeah, like Snoop, Snoop Gods is like one of the greatest characters in like yeah. I mean, any any radio show. Like yeah, he he's incredible and it's like can we get a good Snoop Gods story because he you you love him so much and if anybody else I can tell. If anybody else did the things that he did, you would, would, would despise. You would despise them. Yes, but for some reason, he's just an extremely yes. lovable character, despite it all. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like there, there was a moment recently. Where I was like, "Oh, you're like you're stugatzing me right now. Like you're doing a thing." Um, but yeah, like it was. It was frankly like my naivete in not having. Like obviously, you listen to the show and you know that like Stugatz is always kind of up to something but like the, it feels like they're saying that just to say that um i would actually so for me the thing that most stands out in this area is our experience in lake tahoe where you know in some ways like getting getting the show to leave miami home base is tough dan, hates it. dan doesn't yeah he feels like the show correctly is at its best when we're all together and so you have to provide value added you have to be on time you have to like you know make sure that when you go and leave the cocoon that what you're making is good. And so the first, like I kind of like spearheaded the project of us going to Lake Tahoe for the celebrity golf tournament that they have there. And so I kind of felt like that weight of like, all right, what we do here, like needs to be good. And so, <laughs> so we like, we did the show and then he like, and then that was the day that they were playing golf. That, that day was fun. You have a lacrosse tournament that day? What's up? Did you have a lacrosse no, 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 no. So what happened was is, the afternoon that they played in the celebrity pro am, they there was an earthquake in in Lake Tahoe, and I guess like he now again I don't know I really don't know what's real. But he's like, oh my daughter and my wife were freaked out, and you know they want to get the hell out of here, and I want to I want to get them out of here. And so, like he was supposed to show up at the golf course the next morning to do the show, and I don't know that he's not from the golf course. When I open up the Zoom and he sat in his hotel room, I'm like, "Aren't you supposed to be here?" He's like, "Oh no, I'm leaving. I'm I'm leaving for my flight in two hours." I'm like, "What? Like when? When did we? When did we determine that? Like, first off, how do you not know when your flight's gonna leave? You can tell me when your flight's gonna leave." And he just completely backed out of it and just did, did half the show from his hotel. And so, like, naturally, the response was like, "Well." That it wasn't worth it to be out in Lake Tahoe then because you know, like you did like a half a show and we you, you didn't have Stugats along. So it was just a thing like that where it's like you're you're trying to expectation set, you're trying to understand like how the show works, and then Stugats this Stugats thing is like, all right, this is this is how it goes. I, I have one I, I, I still get frustrated by the way. Like yeah. I've like I've I've not been how can beat, you not? I've been because no, you you cannot because you've been beaten down <laughs> by it happening to you for years and years and years. I haven't been beaten down yet, so I still have like a, a hopeful optimism that it won't happen to me. What's your favorite, you know, as we you know start to wrap up, what's your what's your favorite because it's a it's so many different segments, so many inside of Lebertar show you <laughs> you might have yeah. missed everything. Well, what do you yeah. currently right now? What do you 
Um, I, I just, I, I always find funny whenever Billy seizes on like recurring questions to ask. Like recently, we've had a funny gag in our back room where our vin ate a whole lemon as a natural remedy to stomach ache. And so like Billy has taken to ask several guests, have you ever eaten a lemon whole? Or just like, just things like that. As a matter of fact, today we had uh, the Jets running back, Michael Carter came by and like, they were probing, trying to figure out all of a sudden his brother FaceTimed him. And then Billy just goes, send him the zoom. And so Michael Carter's brother was in the Zoom, and like Billy interviewed Michael Carter's brother instead of Michael Carter, and it was the funniest thing. I was dying laughing. I asked him like, "What are your top five favorite cheeses?" Uh, and then Stugatz, so the interview goes, "If there are any Jets around, bring them to the table." And so we wrap up the interview. Five minutes later, Braxton Barrio showed up at the table, and like they were like joking or whatever. And like I just I, I find so funny how like Billy knows like the one or two things to turn into a recurring theme <laughs> only that like he finds it funny or the people in the room find it funny or you'd really have to figure like the three seconds where we discussed eating a lemon hole on like maybe mystery crate and then you bring it up somewhere <laughs> else and it's just like this vast expanse of something so small and so simple I think I think my favorite segment on the show is it's a it's a classic, so they have to bring it back. Whenever they do it, it's it's the greatest. Wake and take is, is oh, wake and take is tremendous. Wake and take is yeah, incredible. We have, we have, especially because we have a, a we have a CBD sponsor now, so I kind of feel like we should, I amazing. feel like we should bring it back. Although, <laughs> did you listen to Zoom Zoom on Stupidity? That was no. tremendous. They that like it was kind of wake and take, but I think Billy tweeted out a Zoom link, which was and just like said join. And the funny thing about that was that he actually got a call from like our COO and our head of tech, like. What are you doing? Like you like you might be pretend like that this might not be as secure as whom they're sending out, which I thought was funny that he was like, nah, who cares? <laughs> I think for me it's obviously um the montage on Mondays after after Oh the, the, the useless, useless sound. Useless oh sound. the useless and, sound is tremendous. I actually like it was like a we like a bizarre honor to be asked to do it. I did it when when Billy was on vacation one week. I did it and it was like wow. I was the I'm doing I'm that. doing yeah, I mean in some ways, it was like, all right, like where where does he go to find the useless? And then to start digging through it, it was <laughs> like, oh, there it is. And like you have like a, this bizarre thing where it's like it's like eureka moments around complete stupidity, where it's like someone has said completely nothing, and it's like, yes, that's it. And and that, and that's how that's how doing the useless sound montage is. That seg that segment has changed the way I listen to the press conferences. Like I, I, I laugh through press conferences, <laughs> and obviously we got to mention weekend obviously. Weekend observations, which yeah. is also yeah. also voted. Uh, all right, a couple more questions. Obviously, we're gonna need top. I got a couple top fives we need for you before we get out of get you out of here, Witty. Obviously, because yeah. we need that. You work um, obviously, Raz. We are, um, you know, what I'm saying Miami, great weekend trip city. You know, what I'm saying we've been there numerous times. You work on Ocean Drive at the Clevelander, yeah, which is a. Um, I don't know if you ever been to Miami South Beach in particular. Uh, if you're listening um, on a live stream or anywhere, if you've never been to Miami. Uh, it's a very hectic street. So I want to know, what's the craziest thing you've seen on Ocean Drive? Going to work, leaving work? It's some debaucherous things yeah. going on in that block. Yeah. What's the craziest thing you've seen? I, we found uh, the shell of a bullet on the floor in the alley behind oh where we work. Um, yeah, it's just honestly like, so Ocean Drive opened up um, like like there were no cars. So it was just pedestrian. It's just like walking down. It's like, wow. Like if anyone else were like this was their work environment, they would like 
their heads would explode. You just like see stuff all the time. Just like people in bizarre costumes and scantily clad and just like it is the strangest place. The strangest place. And yet it is what it is like uniquely is unique. Yeah, it's unique to Miami. And so like it is bizarre every time like you drive through like this is like one of the most coveted tourist spaces in the world and this is like where I go to work. I mean, I'll say this. I've I've been at the Clevelander. It's it's one of those places where you're sitting out, you're looking out to the ocean, you're looking out into the beach, and that whole street right in front of it before you get there, luxury cars, scantily clad dressed people. Yes. Um, the bullet story that kind Never of toxic. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean I was told that uh around the corner from where we do our show, there like there's like a group of guys that are posted up and you know, some things get offered. I, I'm a little offended. Yes. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little offended that I've not been offered yet. And, <laughs> and I was actually walking back from lunch recently with someone who works at the company. And they said, it's because you look like a cop. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, huh, I guess I look like a cop then. I'm, I'm sure Juju's probably been offered some weed. That's <laughs> profiling. I, I, feel, I feel bad for Juju. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, now, um, all right. A couple more questions. Going to ask you. Get you out of here, man. Um, <laughs> I think I think one of the most um, impressive things you've done. I want I want to talk a little bit about um, some soccer stuff with you real quick, um, and some of the difficulties. Um, Raz went to University of Hartford. I went to St. John's University. Um, I, and like I said, I remember we did like a play by play game um, for like a, a St. John's baseball game, and you know the degree of difficulty on play by play is extremely high. One of the top fives we need from you is top five play by play announcers. Ooh, which is a pretty good one. Yeah, but like. What goes, like, tell the people that don't know, like, the amount of, I, I know you've mentioned it before about, like, your one sheet or whatever gets you ready for a game. Like, for those who don't know, from a polished professional broadcaster, as Dan would say, like, what's the background work and, like, what, what's, like, the yeah. hours of, like, how much time does it take yeah. you to prepare for one game? So, you can spend the rest of eternity preparing for a game if you really wanted to. For me, like... The, the beginning of the broadcast is not like, well, I'm done prepping. It's, well, I have to start talking now. So mm-hmm. my kind of, my process on that is, first off, you have to create like, uh, they're like called spotting boards where like you have every single player on both teams. And first off, you have like basic stats and information. But then I try to have like three complete sentences that I can say about a player for every single one of them. And like you're going through, it's either like a, a statistical note, a background story note, their pre their previous like their previous teams or like something like that. Just interesting facts, not like not reciting someone's Wikipedia page, like a right. sentence that would be actually interesting to hear. So I try to have that for every single player on every single team. That's where you start. And then I also like put together like I try and read every article about the two teams going into the game, like what are their storylines and like going as granular as possible. Um, if I have time, I also try and go through like the Twitter accounts of both teams and the people who cover them, the people who tweet about them. And so, yeah, I mean, like I can spend an infinite amount of time. You're, you're checking pronunciations, you're, you know, checking formats and all that stuff to make sure that like, all right, if our open is two minutes, we're doing 30 seconds on that and 30 seconds on that kind of like calibrating your mind that way. So like, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Like it's a craft. And honestly, it's like that, it's that work that I, the reason why I want to do that on a full-time basis, because I find that work so fulfilling. Like I just love doing that stuff. Um, in terms of top five broadcasters. So 
Uh, do you want me to go from five to one? I, I feel like I have to go to five to yeah, one. Of course, to, of course. In the Wouldn't Levitar be, show right. spirit. Be right. All right. I know my top two, but I got I got to think about a three through five are tough. Um, all right. So, so the people number five, five, I'll go for I Am Eagle. Okay. Because that's one number uh, one. yeah, that's one number one. Yeah. No, it's proper. It's proper. So I just the fact. He can do like I love love his basketball calls, love his football calls. Heard him on the radio; he's really good. Like, and he does college basketball. I think I've heard him do like major, like Grand Slam tennis. Like, he is all over the place and does it all incredibly professionally. So I love him. Um, number four, I'll go for Martin Tyler, who's like the main. He's like the top voice for the Premier League in the UK, but like you hear him on FIFA. It does some game like the Monday night game on NBCSN too. Just like the way that he weaves words is fantastic. Um, number three. Oh man, this is tough. Um, I really like Kevin Burkhart on Fox. SNY. I think he's. I think yeah, yeah. yeah. SMY does Fox MLB. Um, and 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 he's like really good on the number two team with Greg Olson. Kind of tempted to just put Kevin Burkhart there. Uh, all right, cool. I'll lock him in then. Um, what you know? What Mike Breen deserves a shout. I feel bad that Mike Breen's not on this list. Um, this, this is a tough list. That's a- all right. I'll go Mike Breen three. I will go uh, Kevin Harlan on the radio doing yes. football too. Yes. Westwood one. Yes. If you don't, <laughs> he'll call the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like that dude is a craftsman. Yeah. Like he is like on a technical basis. If you graded his broadcasting, I don't think there's a broadcaster who works better than he does. And number one. I love Peter Drury, who works on soccer, does the Premier League, does the Champions League for CBS, like combines what I love about the work in terms of language and quality broadcasting with like an like an energy that like he meets moments, I think, better than any broadcaster I've ever heard. And like that for me is like how I judge myself. It's like, yeah, I think I think technically like play in and play out. I do a good job, but like. When the big moment comes, are you ready with the words and the language to meet it? And I feel like no one does that better than Reese. So I would, uh, I, I would put him number that's one. Strong. That's a strong list. That's a yeah. strong list, right? I don't know if you have any final questions. I think even even go back to Harlan for a second. Uh, what was it? What was he? I don't know what he was announcing. What was it like? It was a streaker or like a cat on the field. Some of the greatest I think it was audio. A cat, yeah. Yeah, it's some, you don't some, miss a, yeah, you don't miss anything with Kevin Harlan. To your point, like, <laughs> yeah. he paints that picture yeah. to where you're driving in your car, you're listening on a radio, you know exactly what's going on, whether it's the cat dashing across the field or whatever yeah. play by play is going on. So that's that's a great list. I can't argue with the list. I may tweet you my list and yeah, and you know rebuff. Fair I mean, there's like so many people. Like I felt bad that like John Champion from a soccer standpoint wasn't on that list. Like I think Mike Breen is tremendous. Like as good as it gets doing basketball. Um, love like I I love guns. Oh my god! Like you talk about infectious energy. Like you know, I would love for him to get like a primetime package of like doing the NFL, like or you know, being like the voice on championship games for something, whether it was college basketball or the NFL or like something, right? Like I I think Gus. I mean, the Big Ten is is a but like if he called the college football national championship, I think that'd be really cool. But uh, yeah, I love I love his work. I think like on a technical basis, like Sean McDonough is really good. On ESPN College Football, like I can keep going. Like yeah, I, I love yeah. watching play-by-play people who are the best at what they do. Um, but yeah, I mean, at some point, you asked me for five, I got to give you five. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I'm, I'm good on question. Man. I know All right. Good. So my, my last question we had here, and this, um, sticking on soccer, I guess. 
um, as we as we end. Um, it's always, you know, I think especially for American soccer fans, I always marvel at the dedication it takes to follow Premier League. Yeah, <laughs> especially with my homies, they put me on. I started, I really started following soccer a couple years ago. What was it, 2014 World Cup? What was the one that America faced? Um. Uh, yeah, it was 2014. 2014. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, World Cup. Yeah, Germany, and then they, they lost. They lost to Belgium. Yeah, yeah Jermaine Jones. What a goal that was! Yeah, oh, incredible. It's yeah, Portugal. That that World Cup cycle got me really in tune with it. Um, just about how amazing the soccer world is. But yeah, waking up like you got to wake up at like five, six a.m. Sometimes for these games. There's a lot of dedication to that. So my last one, the last top five for you. You know, what I'm saying we. I'm huge on FIFA as well. Yeah. Um. So you know they had the Wonder Kids. I want to know where these top five young footballers that the people need. to know about if they not follow hmm. all right so i mean number number one has to be erling holland uh just because yeah no, he's, no a, he's at borussia Dortmund, but this summer there's going to be a massive bidding war for him like 21 he's 21 yeah, yeah but like in terms of goal scoring record like you're not going to see a better player at that age okay Perhaps ever. Like he's like miles ahead of where Cristiano Ronaldo well, was in FIFA, goal scoring. My FIFA yeah. career mode, his valuation is like three hundred million. Yeah. Well, and so, like, the, so but the interesting, like, and it would probably be the, the same case in real life. But he has like a release clause in his contract where he's only going to be sold for sixty-five million this summer. Which, right, exactly for a player who scores goals like that. Thing is, like, he has like one of the biggest agents in the world, and so like got to. You got to pay him a lot of money in order, in order to take him to your team. So it'll be expensive. So Erling Haaland is number one. All right. So it's going like team by team. Um, so I think Ansu Fati at Barcelona is true. I mean, Barcelona actually have a couple. We look at him and you look at, and, and you look at, you look at Pedri as well. who's having a really good season at Barcelona. Vinicius Jr. Though. I mean, I'm not even sure he qualifies anymore. He's kind of been in our consciousness uh, for so long. Um, yeah, so Bappe doesn't count anymore. Um, Phil Foden, I think, it still should probably count just because he hasn't, like, yeah, yeah. He, like, he hasn't really broken on to England in a full way. Tremendous at Man City. Um, I think I've gotten to five. Yeah. I, I would have, I honestly, like, and it's kind of grim, but I would have said Mason Greenwood before what happened to him recently, which is, which is, which is brutal. Um, yeah. Like there's like they're, yeah, there's there's tons of there's tons of great young players. You're always looking at like the, the 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 Portos and the Borussia Dortmunds of the world that are that are producing those incredible young talents. Yeah, man. We didn't get to any Tua Slender, right? Nah, we. You have time for Tua Slender? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it just, goes without saying. It's not not my guy. I don't love Tua, and like it's funny because I just I find it so interesting the commitment that people have like to Tua specifically. Whereas, like, at this point in my football supporting life is, like, I don't care who the franchise quarterback of the Dolphins is going to be. I just want there to be a franchise quarterback. And so, like, I'm not – I was not personally invested in Tua being that guy. I thought he was going to be that guy. Because you watch him in college, like, during the national championship, Alabama-Georgia, like, you see some highlights of the last time they played in the national championship. And that throw that won them the championship is, like, I've never seen that in Miami. Yeah. And like you watch his highlights from college, you're like, I, I really thought that this was going to be like a top, top, top level quarterback. This hasn't been. And like, I'm not, I'm not upset at him for it. Like, what I kind of buck up against is like people going, oh no, what you're actually seeing is like, it's not what you're seeing. It's you know, you're you're missing this offensive line thing and this accuracy thing and all and all this stuff. And it's like, why are why are you going down the road of trying to tell me that he can be a franchise quarterback when he very obviously has not shown it yet? 
maybe a new coach brings something along, maybe a better offensive line brings something along. But you look at the evidence that other top quarterbacks have given you after two years, it's really only like Josh Allen, who we talked about earlier, that you go after two years, eh, I don't know, and then he really kicks on from there. I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Well, I just went through them same mental gymnastics with Sam Darnold for, for right, yeah. exactly. So, and I, I saw I, it in I, a different like, I remember, well, I mean, we, we did it for so long with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. And then, honestly, my first exposure to it was they drafted Chad Henney in, like, in, the, in the second round, back when, like, a second-round pick being like, all right, you're, you might be going for it with your franchise quarterback. Right, exactly, right? It's like he had, like, the physical skills, but I remember, like, when they first chucked him in there, it was like, all right, like, and, and people, like, were bought in on Chad Henney, like, being the guy. And I remember just going, like, what are you guys seeing? Like, and I, it was back then, I used to sit in the upper deck at, at, at the stadium, we had season tickets and like I could see from there like he was a step late to everything and like you can just you have to watch the games and go like is it is what I'm watching special and at this point for me if the answer is no I'm just not interested in it yeah. I'm really not like I don't like maybe you kind of have to put up with it just because there are no alternatives like for the Dolphins like they're picking 29th in the first round there's probably no alternatives for them that doesn't mean I'm going to be happy about it or I'm going to like think like all right let's let me talk myself into this being a good thing it just isn't I mean, for me, I've been told to he has it. He has what like he's accurate. He just he does this that, and the third. I, my first issue was the just the physicality from him. Like his physical stature, um, is not made for a quarterback that needs to run for their life. Yeah, I agree. So, so Miami. I was surprised at how slight he was when yeah. he came into the league. Because like again, you watch Alabama, it's like oh, he was big. Well, he was around he, everybody that was big, and he was yeah. Rarely but touched. yeah, I was thinking like the Alabama conditioning program is just like they they try and create different bodies than the NFL does. Like you watch Alabama sometimes like, Oh, they like look bigger than NFL guys. Like that's like, it's not because the NFL guys are smaller. It's because they're, they're conditioned in a different way. And so like when Tua was conditioned in the normal way, it was like, Oh, they're not actually like this monster. You're just kind of a normal looking quarterback. Yeah. yeah man. I think, I think my last, my last point on this um, before we get you out of here. Um, I think, Honestly, with Burrow, Burrow's actually like a great example of just I think a lot of people made uh a lot of people just the criticism on Burrow is his arm strength. He didn't have an elite arm. And it's funny, and I think there's a lot of work about what he did in the summer, even coming off the ACL injury with with um Jordan Palmer. And Jordan Palmer said we got him throwing harder and his velocity increased. So whatever program they put Joe Burrow in, go put two in that. <laughs> um and hopefully, hopefully that changes. I don't know if you got to have a Super Bowl prediction, Witty. What do you you Mm. think for this game? What do you think? I've not thought about it. Um, Fair enough. I will uh, (laughs) – I'm going to go for the Rams just because I think they're a better team. If you look at the numbers, like Cincinnati is actually like kind of an average team, but they just have had really good quarterback luck and good luck generally, and they're here. I just, I just think like the Rams are a better team. I was like really disappointed in the coaching performance that Sean McVay put in in the FC Championship game. Like he was like he, they won that game in spite of Sean McVay. Yeah. And so that would be my concern is that like it seems like in these big moments they've not delivered the performances that their level would suggest. But I think they're the best team and they'll win the Super Bowl. Yeah, bro, bro, um, getting a chip definitely would not help with the um, the pain of, of Dolphin fans. Yeah. At Ooh. all. So yeah, uh, one time for. The boy Chris Wingham, thank you so much for taking some time. Appreciate you. Um, you can't follow him on Twitter, obviously. Check him out on Levitar Show, Landon Wallen Witty Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Chris, thank you, my guy. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Bro, thank you. The interview, man. Yeah. yeah.